test on here. Tired you. Sorry, tired you. <laughs> Testing. Test. Testing. I see. I hear some feedback from me. Do you have your speakers on or something? No, it's it's all right now. There was like an. Echo. I mean, I, I I don't have anything different than usual. All right. All right. I'll turn the volume on the computer down a little bit. Yeah, it, it just hurt it just a little bit. It's fine. Yeah. Well, my volume was all the way up, and usually I have it at about just three quarters. So it wasn't exactly the same. Oh, are they? Oh, are they? <laughs> Speaking of bucket hats, I was <laughs> thinking about this song today. <laughs> you ready for this? <laughs> oh, we're already going. Yeah, we're going. Let's go. Another 90s song. Seems like all these have been 90s songs for the past, like, forever. That's all you know. It's a, uh, don't hold back, we got the dreamer's disease. We'll put you down on your knees. Something about a Mercedes Benz. You only get what you give. You know that song? Yeah, barely. I just, just took it took every little bit of context clues. Well, it's, to like, figure it's hard for me to that replicate that the his like his like uh whatever his like cadence of that. Yeah. 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 What a bunch of gibberish. Well, yeah, exactly. I don't I don't know it from the lyrics. I only know it from, from the, the <laughs> <laughs> You are aware he's wearing a bucket hat in the mo- in the uh the video though. No, I didn't know he was wearing a bucket yeah, hat. I'll put, I'll put it in the show I, notes. Yeah, they're in a. Mall. I don't need to be defined by a bucket hat. I'm just saying he's got a bucket hat on on the album cover. That was that's uh, a good movie. Yeah, that it's a. Uh, what is that band called? New Radicals, I think. That one hit wonder. That guy went on to like be a pretty important producer. Well, I'll just say that now, you know, as a bucket hat owner, which is probably the coolest bucket hat <laughs> available, right? Definitely the coolest right. bucket hat available. I, I, if I were to drop an album, I would probably be wearing it. You, you probably would. It would fit right now. I'm wearing it right now. I bet so you are. Feels great. I bet you are wearing it. <laughs> you got, you got it. Terry cloth. Is it over or under your headphones? You don't. You're not using headphones. <laughs> I'm not using that, but okay. it's Terry cloth. I yeah, I know. I saw the picture. Wow! Of your it's this Grateful Dead bootleg special edition. It's hat. not a bootleg. It's not, it's not a bootleg. It was certified authentic. It was, I'm gonna put that picture in the show notes. I'm just gonna screen cap our conversation there. It said <laughs> you sent me this picture of you in this bucket hat. Obviously, not even able to take yourself seriously in this bucket hat. <laughs> Because the look on your face is <laughs> attempted sincerity, and I got, and I get I, look, I got an email that it got delivered, you know, the day before, but I was so busy with work that I, I, I forgot when I got home. Right? Yeah. And the next morning, I'm pulling out of the driveway, and I see the package on the front stoop, and I slam my car in park, and I sprint. <laughs> To the front of the house, and I tear it open like a wild animal, just like a jackal getting into a fucking carcass, you know. And I, I put it on, and I laughed. I laughed at myself for a whole damn half hour while I was driving to work. 
<laughs> and he snapped a picture. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and I, re- I replied, I'm going to make them use that as your obituary photo. <laughs> and also, it's too early in the morning for this. Because you sent it at like 8 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I was like, I can't handle this I nonsense. did send it really early. I can't handle this nonsense. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. That anyway, anyway, back to the song. You need to be playing that that song everywhere you go when you wear that bucket hat. It just fits. <laughs> that guy in the Man, video. Man, you know I'm, I'm gonna be playing. I'm gonna be playing Scarlet Begonias. <laughs> no, man. I love that. I love the name of that song. I love how like posered out that song is, and I love saying it. Scarlet Begonias. Bro, when they when they started Scarlet Begonias. It, during the third set, I was just like, yeah. <laughs> during the third set? Yeah. That, that's that. I, sorry, I have about 30 more minutes of material on this, uh, this new Radical song. <laughs> it has okay. like the, it has the weakest threat of any ever put into song in it. There's one part of the song where he's like, we'll kick your ass in. And he says it just like that. It's almost at the end of the song. He rhymes it. He rhymes ass in with Marilyn Manson. You not? Do you don't remember that? <laughs> oh, I gotta look this up. It, it, do you not remember this part of the song? No, I don't remember. Don't I've never the known the words to the song. I don't. That, all I know is the beat. <laughs> all you know is the oh, re, ra, the devil, na, 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 na. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm going to read this part of the lyrics for you, okay? Okay, says, yeah. Fa- fashion shoots with Beck and Hanson, Courtney Love and Marilyn Manson. You're all fakes. Run to your mansions. Come around. We'll kick your ass in. Aggressive, but not really the, the way he delivers the line. He's Wait, he's challenging Beck, Hanson, Courtney, and Marilyn to a fight? Like... The only, I mean, Marilyn Manson could probably whip his ass, right? I mean, he's like six five. Uh, yeah, he's a big dude, and uh, I mean, I think I think Beck got hands too, you know. No, I Beck's mean, fucking uh, one hundred forty pounds soaking wet. No, but I think I think some them them little guys you got to watch out for, man. Well, it's them Scientologists you yeah, got to watch yeah, out for. Yeah. He's not a Scientologist anymore, thankfully. Oh, up. did he? Did he, he escape? Yeah, he got out. They're gonna do his his new reality TV show, es- Escaping Beck, will be on A and E uh, next. Year. Would you rather fight three Hanson brothers at the same time, or the entire cast of Hull the band at their peak? Uh they they had four in that band, right? They, yeah. I, but the Hanson brothers, they got famous when they were like 12. So am I fighting? <laughs> this Hanson? is an awful question. Yeah. Would like, you rather fight four women or three 12 year old boys? I think I'll, I'll, I'll fight the 12 year olds. I mean, the, the, the four women in hole. Actually, I think there was a guy in hole too, but I, was there, there? There, some tough ladies there. Yeah, I, no, for sure. You're right. I mean, if if it was like Hanson now, I don't know. Probably not. I probably. <laughs> I mean, I probably still pick Hanson. You gotta watch out for the littlest brother, the drummer. Yeah, he's crazy. He's 
He got big and he's got good with the sticks. Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah he's got them he's got them got them guns. Uh I was, I was thinking about this that period of time when that what's what year did that song come out? You could tell me it came out in 93, 99 or 04 and I would say yeah, okay. So, yeah, all of, I knew it was like late it's 98. There was a period from like 98 to like 2000 where a lot of dudes dressed like uh attendants at an old-timey gas station. It's like a like a shirt, button-up shirt with a stripe down the side of it. You know what I'm talking about? The big wide solid stripe down the side. Yeah, of it. You know I was I'm... trying to take my final sip of my coffee. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? I know exactly what you're talking about. It's like uh, it's like not quite rockabilly, but like still like it was yeah. like a bunch of like it was like a like sweaters with horizontal stripes or these button up shirts with like long vertical stripes and this, i know exactly what you're talking about the, uh, when you watch this video it that dude is is i'm when, looking at the screenshot get, right now. let me be real honest with you because you know now that we've got this renewed friendship after the 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 sahara drought that right. was the, the 13 to 20 I'm not watching this music video. <laughs> Why are you not going to watch it? It's so good. He's in the mall. All right. He starts off by throwing the bucket hat off. He's got the bucket hat on. He throws it off. It's very dramatic. What's the uh, What's the name of the band in the music video? New Radicals. You get what you give. That's how I was very happy to continue to listen to you talk about this this song, oh my goodness! What? Just the still image <laughs> of that guy's face. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? See it? He's got this. God, yeah. He's like a mechanic uh, he's, jacket. It's so clear that he should be diagnosed with the dreamer's disease. You know, just <laughs> right away. The dreamer's disease. Oh man, it's a oh, it's terminal dreamer's disease. <laughs> I can't. All right, I'm gonna watch it. Not right now. I'm gonna watch. Yeah, it watch now. it after. Just. Just a little bit of it, just to see how it is. It is a, a time capsule of that period of time. I bet Bill's got yeah. got things to say about this song. Man, you know Bill's got things to yeah. say about that. We still got this damn novel to. Yeah, Bill said a novel in last night. He was he said he was stressing out about sending it, and then we didn't even record last night. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's good that some people met their deadlines. Well, we, you know, look, we give him the deadline, then we make sure that he makes it, and then we're, we're ready to go. That's right. You got to pad it a little bit so it gives some extra Exactly. Time, you right? can't just, you know. So, uh, hello, and welcome to episode 141 of I Only Like Their Old Stuff, the podcast where we ask the question, what's the hype? I'm J-Ho, and with me is Groove. Just gets worse. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. It just gets worse. <laughs> It gets worse because you don't. Welcome to the morning show with DJ J-Ho and Groove Dog. Yeah. A cackling bitch. What's the hype? <laughs> hey, Clay did want us to get some bumpers for the for the segments. So. Uh, Clave. <laughs> Clave. Yeah. yeah. Uh. So, so housekeeping. I don't have a number one fan for the week. Do you? Well, I, I did. Um, I mean, you've got a number one fan for the week, that's for sure. And that's I got a text message that was a oh. picture of 
you know, the, the audio in the car from someone this week, uh, my sister, Kara. Yeah. Saying that she was really taken aback by the poetry reading. Well, let's be fair. It said Joey's poetry reading. OMG. And yes, I, I'm, I'm going to take that in the positive way. Think that it was, it was all caps. Oh, of course. Knowing her, if she responds in all caps in OMG, it is bright, bright and shining, enthusiastic support. Yeah. And I was, uh, I was so, impressed that anybody in your family listens to the podcast. My, she used, she always, she's man, she's probably listened to 125 of the 141 episodes. I do remember her listening in the past. I don't think we've ever given the yeah. number one fan though. We should, she, it's Kara. I don't know. I'm, it's your sister. Kara. It's Kara. Kara. Yeah, I mean, I, I think surely at some point she's received it, but she might. But she'll know better than we will. Yeah, she, she will remember if if she's gotten it before. Um, so yeah, number one fan, Kara. Thank you for being my number one fan. Appreciate it. I'll do some more poetry in the future. <laughs> <laughs> we did have a. Um, so, so I have a. There's definitely some. All right, so we got to talk about Mikey. Well, and I want to talk about I want to talk about Josh. So okay, well, multiple. I'll go. I'll talk about Mikey, and you talk about Josh. I don't have much to say. I just have a little update. Multiple runner up for number one fan, always tied. Uh, Mikey sent me some. Last week we talked about how I said Atlantis Morissette led to things like Deep Blue something. Well, sure. Mikey sent me you know the screenshots of the Wikipedia page for deep blue, something and Alanis Morissette. And they both came out in 95. So that both jagged little pill and that terrible deep blue, something song came out in 95. So, you know, he was naysaying my theory. Um, and I, I see what he's doing. He's, he thinks that he can't get, you know, he can't get number one fan by himself. So he's going the other angle. He's trying to get the attention from number one hater, you know, <laughs> um, clearly, you know. So, what, what, what's your what's your update about Josh? <laughs> he's nagging you into number he one is, hater. He's nagging me. You're right. What's 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 the Josh update? I got a text. I got a text just out of the blue because he never admits. Yeah, he's never admitted that he listens to the show. Yeah. His ego can't handle it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So out of the blue, he texts me at at 11 a.m. on Sunday. He says, I watched A Knight's Tale for the first time a few nights ago. Um, You know, he refers to his wife as murder, as in sea murder. It's not like, you know. Murder in that same Heath Ledger fan club as Ken's. And it's a solid movie, but I also aim to preserve the, this is for you, babe, quality. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Yeah, he, I, I, uh, so clearly he's listening, but he will not admit to the fact he's, we even like referred to him in the title of an episode and didn't hear anything back about that. Well, I mean, yeah, of course, of course he's, you know, so old Josh Grizzles is, uh, so I, I think the only thing we can do here is award Mikey runner up to number one hater, uh, tied with Josh for that, you know. Snipe not about, admitting. Yeah, I think so. That, I think they so, share the yeah. number one hater uh, runners Runner up. up spot, yeah, and that's not, wonderful. Yeah, they're, they're runners up. That the, the, it was a weak attempt at hate, so we're gonna we're giving them runners up. But 
Yeah, so Mikey and Grizzles, enjoy your tie. You know? They're so gracious about sharing. They are. They really are. It's, I wouldn't I be that okay. okay with it. It's Eventually, you want to get recognition by yourself, you know? Yeah. Keep it up, God. Keep trying, guys. You got, you got to earn it. You got to earn it. Actually, don't keep trying. You got to... St- the way you're going to get it is by not trying, you know? You just got to be chill, man. You just got to relax, you know? <laughs> you really got to relax. Quit being a tryhard. Yeah, quit, try- quit being a tryhard. You got any other uh, housekeeping? I mean, we got this tome from Bill. <laughs> yeah. Are we going to get through the Bill text now? I think we, yeah, I think we go through it. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, obviously, because it starts out with number one, D's nuts was, <laughs> is, and ever shall be comedy gold. Um, when Joe said Dave's mic was hot, I was a, approximately 100% sure that Dave was going to say, you know what else is hot? These nuts! <laughs> I may never co- recover from the disappointment. Three, my trip to Vegas uh-huh. for the bachelor party did yield one of my favorite pictures I've ever taken. A limo pulled up to a Pawn Star drive through at 5 a.m. Vegas, baby, Vegas. What do you think that limo was selling at a Pawn Star drive through <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Maybe they were having to get out of some debt with the casino or something. Or maybe they were buying. They were buying some. Maybe they, they were, were looking at know. some. I bet they were buying. They were a, they were flush with cash from the casino. Maybe. They wanted to buy some swords. They're, I got. They're like, I gotta get me a get me one of them flintlock pistols. That's what I want. Get some swords too. Some some, <laughs> some samurai swords. Um, jagged little pill was so omnipresent omnipresent when I was in college that I'm incapable of enjoying it. I just heard it too many times and then another 10,000 times on top of that. I would say the go-to comedy lyric should be, I've got one hand in my pocket and the other one's hailing a taxi cab. Whatever. I never saw toys, but I'm surprised it's at a 40% on Metacritic. My recollection is that the movie got utterly destroyed by critics and I made a ton of top 10 worst lists, which is funny because I was like, I was like eight years old, so I had no idea. Right. For my money, LL Cool J's high watermark as a thespian, no pun intended, is Deep Blue Sea. And obviously the soundtrack is high watermark as a musician. Deepest, bluest, my head is like a shark's fin. Deep Blue something. Uh, I, agree, <laughs> I agree with Dave that Los Andes... Los Andes? Is it Los, Los Andes? Los Andes, uh, which is the, the Peruvian restaurant in your town, is a top five yep. Providence restaurant. My friends took me there for my birthday a couple years back. I really hope it survives the COVID. Uh, here we go. I haven't read this. Okay. <laughs> Skip this if I've told my wisdom teeth story before. I love... I love that. When, yeah, he doesn't know if he's typed out his wisdom teeth story before. <laughs> just, just in case anybody's stumbled into this podcast, yeah. Bill is a friend that I've made in the past three years, who I adore, who has never once met Joey, no. and he's at the level now. Where is it? Well, let's skip this. If I told my wisdom <laughs> yeah, teeth story, that's, before. How much, that's how much we've conversed <laughs> in the past couple of weeks uh, or months. Yeah. Sure, sure, yeah, sure. But maybe he's speaking to the podcast audience too. Right, right. He, like he, because we've we've just like slowly and organically made him this right-in third host. He's just like he's like the director of the podcast, offering his notes. <laughs> yeah, on the performance. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I had my wisdom teeth taken out maybe thirteen years ago. 
At one point, the dentist was holding the pliers, leaning back with a foot braced on the chair, and a nurse was pulling him from behind. Good times. When I finished, I called my mom to check in about something, and she told me she had a coupon for the medication I was supposed to get. So I drove 15 minutes to her place, which for a Rhode Islander is massive, even though he's like he's originally a Massachusetts guy. Anyway, I went to the pharmacy coupon doesn't work i wait around they only have one of the two meds i need they direct me to another branch i wait around oh this is the wrong branch i go to a third branch did i mention it's february 20 degrees out and the streets are pure ice i wait some more by now the meds the dentist gave me have worn off but i have to keep biting down on the gauze in my mouth or i'll bleed everywhere so i'm huddled in a corner of this waiting room moaning in pain as mothers literally drag their children away from me in terror Finally get the meds, race home, take a double dose of everything, and play God of War high off my ass for 12 hours. Best video gaming of my life. <laughs> that's, that's pretty good. Um, <laughs> if, if our... The image of Bill moaning in a corner in pain as, you know, parents protect their children from what is, you know, the most white-collar drug addict. Like, I need to get to the pharmacy. <laughs> yeah. I like the 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 cartoonish uh, image he he paints of of them pulling his teeth, like Bugs Bunny. Uh, two like, people yeah, pulling against yeah. his body. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're like they're turning red and sweating. Um, number nine. If our jam band isn't called Bootleg Bucket Hats, I'm not playing. <laughs> number ten. I've tried very hard on a number of occasions to like the dead, but God, I just can't stand them. All right. Well. That's fine. <laughs> you go ahead. Lead a horse to water. It up. Name a band you hate more than the dead. Sublime. I damn near drove off the ride. I <laughs> uh, can confirm the original Umbrella Academy comics are a delight. And uh, update on the 808 minute Argentinian film next week. So you got that to look to. That was, he, he was, he had texted me this morning. He said, I don't know if I got the show notes in early enough last night. Did I, did I get in? And I said, well, as a matter of fact, we delayed recording until Friday. And he goes, Oh, so I had time to write about that Argentinian film. He said, don't worry. I'm still watching it. So I can update you next week. Yeah. We'll get that update next week. So that's our, that's our check-in from Bill. You know, we need to get a bump for that. Well, you know what? I even though it's 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 been bandied around already, so I guess it's already been stepped on. I'll go ahead and jam into my hype. What what I have written underneath hype for this week is bucket hat. <laughs> I'm sorry to step on it. I should have known it was your hype. Oh my god. You should have known that my life is just—it's just small joys. I'm pro bucket hat in general, but I just don't know about that bucket hat. I I mean, you don't have to know about it. Your face in the picture just says everything. That's all I needed to know. It really does. It does. You know, the funny thing is, you know, my friend, um, those two friends that I go, you know, to dinner with or used to go to dinner with, um, one of them, um, the female of the two, is the most effective at making fun of me out of anyone that I know personally. I mean, she put, she makes you look like nice to me. Right. Right. And, um, we were taught, she, she also, she also buys shoes. Right. And sometimes she's the one that, you know, the skate shop hollered at and said, Hey, we got these dunks. 
And she knew that I was getting that bucket hat. And so I sent her a picture of it too. Yeah. Because I I only sent a picture of myself in that bucket hat to people that I knew would make fun of me for wearing <laughs> it. Right? Because that's i I'm learning like I'm not funny. Yeah. What I am is really good at setting other people up to make fun of me. And that's my that's that's what makes me that's why people think I'm funny. Because they think they think they laugh a lot when they're around me, but the truth of the matter is they're laughing at me. Right. <laughs> sure. You're great at being the butt. I will say that I was really excited. I drove I wore it while I was driving to work, and then I knew that she was gonna be at work. So I took my hat off before I got inside. <laughs> I left it in the car. Coward. You're a coward. Yeah, I am. I'm totally a coward. A coward. There's not, that's not even a that's just a, a fair assessment of my character. <laughs> just, What's your height? So that thing's terry cloth? Like a washcloth? Yeah. See? Well, it's a little bit more. It's got a little bit more meat to it than just like a washcloth. It's really, really soft. Like it's killer soft. So they like in the '60s, they it was popular for men to have these like velour short pant uh, onesies, or uh, like not velour but terry cloth for the pool. Yeah, it's like James Bond yeah. wears them in some of those old '60s James. Bond. Oh, that's right. She, you should get that to wear with the hat to the pool. You know, that's that's a that's a look. That's a whole look. That's the best idea I've heard you have in years. I'm a fashion icon, so I know these. If I knew one, King of all. If anybody's out there and they know a good, they got the plug on a Terry cloth onesie. Yeah. Go ahead and email us at I only like their old stuff at gmail.com. I'm sure they're out there. You know, there was the whole onesie joke thing going around a while back, so there's got to be some some terry cloth ones. Um, so my hype is that since uh, since the COVID has happened, I've gotten really into plants, growing plants. Oh, yeah, you know, I've talked to you about my aquarium plants and various plants all around my house that I tend to every day, like a little farmer. You know, well, we have this this mimosa tree in the front yard. Do you know what a mimosa tree is? No. Okay, so it looks like a giant bonsai tree to me. It's got these like ferny looking limbs on it or whatever. They're kind of like a invasive species. Some people consider them, uh, I guess, like a weed, but it's a tree. It's a serious tree. And this tree in front of our house, my my landlord cut it all the way to the ground like a year ago, and now it is completely a full-size tree again. That's amazing. It's like regenerated like Wolverine. Well, my friend loves this tree and she's all the time when she comes to drop stuff off or whatever, she's like, oh, I love that tree. So the tree spawned another baby tree, right? So some of the seeds flew into the backyard and now there's a little baby mimosa in the backyard, right? So I'm like, oh, I'm going to dig the, I told her I'm going to dig this tree up for you and I'm going to have it. Re-. So I dig it up, right? And I put it in the thing and it immediately dies. Every mm-hmm. single limb on the thing dies. And I'm like, well, fuck, like... All right, so I just leave it in the bucket. I'm like, I haven't even told her about it. And then the hurricane happened, and it blew every limb off the thing. So <laughs> it's just a stick in a in a bucket at this point, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, lo and behold, that motherfucker is coming back. It sprouted no. little 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 tiny limbs out the top, and I was like, oh man, this is gonna be like a stupid looking tree with just limbs out the top. And then over the next couple of days. Uh, these little little limbs popping up everywhere 
And so this thing has like come back from from the dead. So now I don't have to have the embarrassing like, well, I killed your tree conversation. So my mimosa trees. That's my height. So I went to uh, I went to Google mimosa tree just so I could see like the what the tree looked like. Yeah. And the very first link that popped up was an article from Southern Living. <laughs> From the Grumpy Gardener, yeah. it says mimosa, the wonderful, awful weed. Yeah. And the first line is, when anyone asks me what's the best time to prune a mimosa, my instinctive response is, anytime you can find a chainsaw. <laughs> that's a great line. That That's a great, I'd like to read that article. That's a... For sure. That's well written. Well, right we'll, we'll put, that up in the, yeah. put, put that up in the show notes. Yeah. It's on its way to you right yeah, now. So send it to me. The uh, Discord... <laughs> Those of you that don't know, we're sponsored by Discord. Just IOL backslash IOLTOS for your own five percent off Discord. Five percent. I don't think you can pay for Discord. I don't think there's any kind of paid plan. Maybe there is. I don't know. Well, then who am I paying? <clears throat> You're not paying anybody. You don't pay for I was, Discord. I was trying to make a joke. Oh, I got you. Not <laughs> speaking of not the hype. Bowie on. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna remind you of a little bit of a timeline. Okay. Okay. About the beginning of us, I don't. Maybe we could look at just the titles of the episodes and know. But since we've been recording, uh, maybe four months ago, guys have been. I got bit by that tick. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I went to the walk-in clinic. They said there's no bullseye. You don't have it. It's muscular. You need to lay off your shoulder. Give it some rest. And they took blood. They called me and they said, you don't have Lyme. All right. All right, cool. And then if you'll remember three weeks ago, I was sick. Yeah. And I was, I thought maybe I had the COVID. uh, I don't mean to spoil it, but do you have the dreamer's disease? Is that what this is leading to? (laughs) Sorry. I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up. Keep going. Don't give up. Don't give up. It'll have you down on your knees. Uh, yeah, so I started develop. I developed two rashes oh, no. uh, ever since I got like not sick. Yeah, and I so Mackenzie was like, "You need to go back to the doctor." And I put it off another day or two, and I, I thought that my shoulder, like the rash on my shoulder, I just thought it was inflammation from like, oh, obviously it's the muscle thing. Like I I stopped laying off my shoulder, and so yeah. those things come back, and um my business partner is a physical therapist and I, I pulled my sleeve up one afternoon. I guess this was like Monday or Tuesday. Yeah. And, uh, that was Monday and he looked at it and I was like, look at that. Look at the, in the, the inflammation of where my muscles inserting to my bone is causing this, you know, red spot on my shoulder. And he just looked at me like I was like, I had five heads and he was like, I don't know what that is, but I know that it's not inflammation. Oh boy. He's like, I've never seen that before. And I said, all right. <laughs> and the next morning I went to the walk-in clinic <laughs> and it was a different person this time. It was a doctor and the doctor, like I told the doctor the whole story of everything and I pulled my sleeve up and the doctor just said, I could take a picture of that and put it in the textbook right next to Lyme disease. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, 
So what? She's like, yeah, that sickness that you had three weeks ago, that was not the flu. That was Lyme. You've got Lyme disease. Holy we can shit. do another blood test, but you definitely have Lyme disease. So you're going on a, you know, a, a cycle of doxycycline tonight. Like I'm writing you a oh script. I don't need to see anything more. I don't need to say anything more. Do you have any other questions? I was like, fuck. So, Dad. you know, you boys got Lyme. <laughs> Check it out. Put the Lyme in the coconut. <laughs> that's horrible that's that's horrific does it how can you make it go away like will this stop it well um i mean there's a lot of conflicting stories and i the couple of people that i've talked to that are doctors like i reached out to you know two other people afterwards um And one of them, one of them was like, look, man. And the doctor that I saw at the walk-in clinic, she's like, you're going to take these antibiotics. You're probably going to be fine. I was like, isn't this like a chronic lifelong thing? And she's like, I'm going to keep my opinion out of it. Um, is a really good chance that you're going to get rid of the Lyme with the, uh, with the antibiotics, but you might have, uh, symptoms in the future and they might just be like phantom flare-ups of the lime um or you might you might still have it but there's no telling and then another doctor that i talked to was like dude all you hear is the horror stories from lime most people recover from it you're probably going to be okay but then you know i come home and my neighbor's like yeah my daughter has it and has had it for like 15 years and one of my other neighbors has it and he's like 60 something years old he's had it for 30 years you know what i mean and it's just like every every now and again they get quote unquote sick and that sickness is lime and like your neck is stiff as hell you got a headache you got a fever you're achy all over you can't do anything you know so that explains like three weeks ago why i was like yeah you know i I had a headache i couldn't move my neck my body was killing me and i had a fever of 102 you know um the i think the funniest part of it all because i'm at this point i'm like totally surrendered about it there's nothing i can do you know i can take this doxy i can hope that i feel good in two weeks and then i can hope that it continue to feel good and that i don't have chronic you know symptoms of this um But I, I, I get out of the, of course, I get this diagnosis from this doctor and the doctor's so cavalier about it that I'm just like, hold the boat, you know, like yeah, this oh, is a big deal. I, I saw the real world Seattle, Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I, oh, I'm, I'm a preparing myself for a lifetime of just like erratic behavior and like pain. And this explained a lot of why, like, I don't really talk too much about this, but my, my weightlifting has suffered over the past month. And I've, in my mind, I've been like, I guess I'm just getting older, you know, like my knees are killing me. I don't feel as strong. I get worn out. Like usually I program five exercises per training session. I was only getting through two of them before I was just like completely smoked and just like, fuck, I guess I, you know, like I know myself pretty damn well. And I know when I'm, you know, like, unable to really do what I need to do for the next few exercises. So I was just calling it short. And I was like, I guess this is what my training is going to look like now that I'm this age, you know, Um, which was like a tough pill to swallow. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, uh, (laughs) 
so the doctor gives me this diagnosis and i'm kind of i'm a little bit shook in that moment i'm yeah, like fuck right. you know like rightfully it's <clears throat> a big deal so i so i get in the car and i do the very first thing that i think many people would do is i called my wife well i would have because first, i was but yeah <laughs> well i wanted a little bit of reassurance you know what i mean yeah. just like a little bit of like comfort Mackenzie answers the phone and I, and I, I was like, Hey, you know, like I had texted her right before I left. I was like, Hey, I'm checking out now, but yeah, I got diagnosed with Lyme. I'll give you a call in a second. And she goes, she lays into me. She's this is because you don't ever go to the doctor and you don't take care of yourself. You got to stop being scared to go. To and I was floored, man. I got so mad. I was like, what do you, talking about i went to the doctor they told me i didn't have Lyme, and then i got sick and i went and got the covid test and we got we had one of those moments where we just kind of we kind of basically mutually hung up on each other we didn't hang up but we were just like all right fine you know i hope you have a good day you know just anger hanging up and then i called her back immediately and i said can i catch a fucking break I tried calling you because I needed my wife. I didn't need you to tell me I don't take care of myself. <laughs> you know, she's yeah. like, "Well, I'm fucking scared. You're the one that's got the lifetime of sickness ahead of you, and I'm worried about you." And I was like, "Jesus Christ, just fucking, just be nice to me." And then, and we get off the phone all over again. We're not any better, you know what I mean? Yeah, right. <laughs> I yeah. fucking go to work, you and I'm working all day, and I'm like, back. "Yeah." Yeah, I I texted her an hour before I was coming home. I said, Are "You gonna be nice to me when I come home?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, I bet that one ever will. Yeah, she was. I mean, she was totally. She was like, "Look, that was not fair." I was really scared, and it came out as anger. Like I'm, yes. you know, I know it's not your fault. I'm like, you're damn right, it's not my fault. I didn't. I didn't go out there hunting for them ticks. That's not why I. I immediately would not call Jackie because Jackie has a terrible bedside manner with sickness. So if I called yeah. her, she'd be like, well, you shouldn't have gone where there's ticks. Sorry about you. <laughs> and then I would just be like, okay, well, you could have just said, I hope you're going to feel better. But yeah, I guess I shouldn't <laughs> hang out with ticks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the last time I go to a deer tick show. Yeah. <laughs> but up, bump. <laughs> um, so if they would have if they would have diagnosed it correctly the first time would they have been able to knock it out well that's a uh, that's a really good question and this is another thing where I've heard like conflicting reports like some people say hey man you caught it in four months that's really short you got a good chance and then other people are like well I, I read somewhere that you gotta you gotta get it antibiotics in the first 24 hours so like, isn't that, I'm not sure anybody knows. Isn't that kind of malpractice though? Uh, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't. Let's call Papa right now. Let's. We need to call Papa. That's yeah, what we need to do. We'll call Papa. Yeah, we'll see. Man, that I mean, sucks. The rashes, the rashes went away in yeah. the first day. Yeah. Um. Today I feel worse than I did the past two days. Ugh. Um, yeah, but but it's like really it's more centralized. It's like not on my whole body. It's just my neck, man. My neck is killing me. Um, and it, the crazy thing is, I've got a I've got a good good friend who has chronic pain. Yeah. Um, 
and it's one you know it's a it's a it's a thing and it's like the poor guy has dealt with this like really debilitating pain like he's like 62 and you know for the past 20 years he's like he's he's been on disability so he can't fight and and just the the challenge of his life of trying to communicate the fact that he really does experience pain but since it's not visible other people have a hard time believing him Mm -hmm. i'm like oh boy you know so like in general i'll probably wind up keeping my mouth shut you know what i mean and unless i'm like bedridden i'm not really going to talk about it um that's how I feel with like my gut, my gut problems. It's like, it still hurts all the time and the doctors can't find out what it is. And then at some point it's like, well, it just feels like I'm just imagining it or something, but I'm not cause it really does hurt. And then it's like, well, I don't really want to talk about it because what can I say about it? And yeah. And then no you one, feel like the crazy one. Yeah. And nobody knows how it feels, but me. So it's like, yeah, I get that. That fucking dreamer's disease, man. It's the streamer's disease, man. At least you didn't catch that, man. There's no cure for that. Well, I, regardless, I'm still not going to give up. <laughs> Don't give up. Don't give up. You'll get that Mercedes, Ben, <laughs> at some point. Kick your ass in. We'll kick your ass in. I want you to watch that video just to hear that weak-ass line. Yeah, I can't wait. Like, we'll kick your ass in, yeah. maybe. What's your not the hype? Well, you're, you're not the hype puts mine to shame, but... <laughs> yeah what's your little trivial problem yeah. <laughs> my not the hype is is it sucks as you get older one thing that really sucks is when your heroes let you down oh um, boy people, oh people i know exactly where you're going with this so i've been a fan of the squidbillies cartoon forever because it's set in georgia which is near where i grew up in south carolina and it's we've got very particular humor to that area. And the main actor in it is is this guy that goes by the name Unknown Henson. His real name's Stuart Baker, but he goes by Unknown Henson, and he plays this character. He he's an incredible guitarist, right? Like in real life, like an amazing guitarist. And I don't know how they hooked him up with being on the Squidbillies, but he's the main character early Kyler on that show, right? He is the show. Well, I've got, I've gone to see him in concert. He's other than Slash and Slash from Guns N' Roses and The Edge from U2, he's he's right in there with those two as far as guitarists I've seen live and Tom Morello, you know? Like, incredible. Like, yeah. And it wasn't like a big show. It was just a little show. I mean, he's got a little... He's got a niche fan group. It's kind of rockabilly stuff, which I'm not really into, but I, you know, it's worth, it was worth going for the guitar playing. Got to meet him. I have my picture made with him. I have his autograph. Well, this week... 2020 strikes again, and uh, Dolly Parton, who's, uh, I'm sure you're a Dolly Parton fan, being from Tennessee, right? I'm, I'm a Dolly Parton stan. You have to be, right? Everybody in Tennessee well, loves Dolly Parton, right? Yeah, because she, I mean, every every kid in Sevierville gets a book every month from kindergarten through their high school, yep. through, through graduating she high school. started Dolly Parton to, like, employ people and... Yeah, dude. During the coronavirus, she gave a thousand dollars to every family in Sevier County, and then she's giving a five. She gave five thousand dollars to every family once the state reopened. Yeah, just so she is literally the government of Sevierville, right. Tennessee. Yeah, she. Yeah, she. She's an incredible person. I mean, you know, she's a saint. Well, she came out in support of Black Lives Matter this or the past, last week or whatever, and for some reason, Unknown Henson went on this long racist rant 
and really sexist, racist rant against her and against her support of that. And it's disgusting. And I'm not going to like quote it here or anything, but at first it just seemed like maybe it was a joke or something. And then I was like, no, it's not a joke. And then I always thought that he was kind of progressive because he plays that character. And the whole, the whole point of that show is to make fun of that ignorant redneck, you know? And yeah, he he always like he tried to run for governor, which I thought was just kind of a publicity stunt. But he, it was on this platform of like legalizing marijuana and stuff. So I always thought he was like a progressive dude, you know, but he is just like full on like right wing conservative racist garbage. And luckily, the Squidbillies fired him. His guitar sponsor dropped him. Um, which he had a pretty big deal with some guitar company I never heard of. Um, and obviously everybody's just turning their backs on him and it sucks because I love that show. I have a Squidbillies tattoo, so that's <laughs> not the hype. <laughs> I mean, there's a chance, there's a chance I'm going to deal with chronic pain and fatigue for the rest of my life. Right. But there's a but, chance, there's a chance I won't. But I will always have this scarlet letter on my body. <laughs> Unless I get it covered up. You know, my number, like, I've really only got two cardinal rules of polite conversation yeah. that I live by. One is I never make fun of someone's tattoo ever. Yeah. Right? Like, even, like, if, if I, if you know, if, like, if I saw you and you showed me a new tattoo... And then, like later on, somebody else and I were talking about that tattoo. I would, ne I would never speak ill of it. Right. Right. Number two is I never ask, I never ask anyone if they're pregnant. Right. right? Like yeah. I'm not. Well, that's a good unless point. I see that baby, yeah. literally crowning, then I might say, "Oh, you're pregnant." Yeah. You know, but I will make an exception this time. You've got that tattoo for the rest of your life. I do. I, I don't know what to do. I, I think it, luckily it's not in a very visible place. It's like high up on my leg, except for when I wear my short shorts. Um, hey, yo. hey, yo. I mean, I guess the question is like, is the show ruined by his behavior or is the show, does the show transcend unknown Henson? I mean, I don't know. Cause it's like, puts me in this hypocritical spot because I'm so on the side of like, I can't really separate the art and the artist, you know? I, I am hypocritical with a few people, but in general, it's just really hard for me to do that, you know? So I don't know. I mean, maybe it's fine, but I thought about maybe just getting I Love Dolly underneath it. Yeah. <laughs> you should get his Facebook rant tattooed so underneath like it. it. Not, not the one that got him fired, but the one afterwards where he was like, oh, this is unfair. I've been treated so unfairly. Yeah, he, well, he, he apologized, and then he took the apology down and then wrote this woe is me, like, okay, you've all ruined my life. I hope you are happy, liberals, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. Like, come on, dude. No, no responsibility whatsoever. No, just no, like, you no. guys have... No, you just, guys, just... How dare I get canceled? Yeah. How dare I say something racist and get canceled for it? I mean, it's, it's, uh, I told somebody this the other day, I was like, it's 2020, so I shouldn't be surprised by these things. Like, really, if you came to me and said, hey, uh, did you hear that they discovered that the Loch Ness Monster is real? Uh, and I'd be like, oh, yeah, really? Yeah, and, the, and, and, and it's also a racist. I would be like, well, I guess it makes sense. I don't know. I guess the Loch Ness Monster is real, and he's, he's, he's a racist. Or she. I don't know. <laughs> it is Nessie. Yeah. It's probably she. Yeah. That's, 
Well, just, uh, yeah, that sucks. I mean, it sucks. So it's not the you know, you but, know it's like the past. <laughs> there's been a lot of my heroes that that you know I I I, I don't know that have fallen, you know, over the past, particularly the past couple of years, you know. Well, yeah, but I mean, people need to stop being shitty. Turns out people suck. People are shit. Yep. Should have trusted my own. <laughs> I should be my own hero. <laughs> I am God. my own hero. There goes my hero. There you- <laughs> Me. Uh, you got any hype still? Um, yeah, I got three different hype still. Oh out. shit! Well, this will make up for all the weeks you didn't didn't have one. So, uh, okay, all right. You often don't have hype still out. Well, so here we are. Uh, as soon as as soon as you and I get done recording this podcast i'm packing up the car mckenzie and i are driving to new hampshire we rented a little cabin and or like okay so a couple months ago some buddies of mine they they planned this trip down in north carolina to go fishing and shooting clay pigeons and stuff like that and uh these are my you know these are my childhood friends that we they were like dude we didn't get to go to newport folk festival this year you should come down yeah and I and I know that McKenzie's like um number one maybe not number one complaint, but sometimes she complains about the fact that I you know, when the before corona, I was traveling like ten times a year for work. Mm-hmm. And then once or twice more, I'd go on a trip with friends or something like that. So I'm out of the, I'm out of state like at least, you know, ten months out of the year. Yeah. And she's like, you never, like, you never take me on a trip. Like, we never, we, and I'm like, we go on trips all the time. She's like, we, it doesn't count if we're going to like visit family. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to go hang out with just you. I don't want right. to share you with somebody else while we're on vacation. And that's legit. You know what I mean? That's legit. Valid, yeah. So, so these guys hollered at me and they were like, hey, why don't you, but I don't usually think about that. Right. I, I just like, it, it goes in one ear out the other. And then these guys invited me on this trip and I was like, hold up. <laughs> yeah. And I did the math, and the last time that Mackenzie and I went on a trip, or it was just the two of us, was seven years ago. Jeez. And so I was like, I said to these guys, I was like, uh, I'm not going to be able to make this trip. And I immediately went to Airbnb and like to the calendar, and I was like, what's the next free weekend that I'm sure we can do something? And because it was the pandemic, I was like, oh, we're going to drive there. It's going to be close, and we're just going to be completely removed from everybody just else. Stay away from everybody. And so the, you know, so like I went and booked this little cabin in this remote part of New Hampshire where there's like nobody else around. There's a river close by where you're like, they have like tubing, but the tubing's sold out. Oh, wow. So like, we're just going to drive like three and a half hours. We're going to unpack into this little cabin and just like read books and sleep and eat for the weekend. Well, you don't want to be tubing uh, on a river with a ton of other people anyway, so... Well, I can't be out in the sun. Yeah. Oh, because of your... Because this... Yeah. Yeah, the antibiotic makes you, me really I mean, sensitive to the sun. Good thing you got that bucket at. The, like that dome. The hype still out is the fact that I got the email from the lady that runs the Airbnb. She's like, is this little A-frame? So, like, everything's downstairs, and then there's just, like, this little loft area where the mattress is for the bed yeah. upstairs. And she's like, there's no air conditioning upstairs and you cannot move the air conditioning unit upstairs because if you do, it'll blow the fuse. So don't move the air conditioning upstairs. And if you can't sleep in the heat, then bring a sleeping bag and sleep on the floor downstairs. 
And I was like, oh, that doesn't sound nearly as luxurious as I was hoping. <laughs> <laughs> this, this sounds like either the setup for a, a f- romantic comedy or a horror story. <laughs> yeah. Little how, yeah, like I'm pretty sure it's a horror story. Yeah, they're gonna, you're going to get murdered. You'll be watching back. Yeah, she said, she also said, like, don't take pictures of the property. I need to approve all pictures of the property what? if you're going to be posting them online. I was like, good luck. It's like, you don't know my social media. What? Who Who? Who does that? I don't know, man. I don't what, know. What is she hiding there? I'm worried about this. You need to stay in contact while you're there. Make sure. Well, and then there's one more thing, which is a little bit, it doesn't really affect me nearly as much. She says there's no smoking on the property, which like everybody says that McKenzie's a smoker and she's like, mm-hmm. fuck that. I'm going to smoke my cigarettes where I want to, yeah. which is like classic, classic Ken's. Yeah. But this lady said there's no grilling outside either. And so the one question that I'm asking myself that we're going to find out when we get there is whether or not this cabin is like on the same property as the person that owns it she or if the cabin itself. really is by itself. Cause it, if, if it is by itself, then like, whatever you know what i mean like because kins is conscientious we'll have a you know she'll keep all her cigarette butts and we'll take them out with us you know but if it's like in the backyard of this lady's house then mckenzie's gonna be taking like a drive in my car like you know yeah five times a day or whatever she doesn't smoke that much anymore you know but she still smokes this sounds like not much fun (laughs) yeah it sounds like maybe we'll be home tomorrow yeah also don't have fun on the property (laughs) <laughs> you're not allowed to you're not allowed to do anything yeah don't you can come sleep here but no, you're no, gonna sweat no foul language <laughs> so that's the first one the the second one is that um when uh mckenzie's you know mckenzie loves she loves mother nature <laughs> right. okay. she's she's always trying to do one thing or another to try to reduce our carbon footprint mm-hmm and I'm like, you know, I'm cool with that. You know, if you want me to do this and that, I'll do that. You know, whatever. And she'd been talking about solar panels for years, but we never really been that serious about it because, like, it's you know, you continue with your life, and that's like a major, you know, investigatory thing, and yeah, whatever. But I've been I've been playing, you know, Wednesday night doubles disc golf, and there's this. I think I mentioned before, there's a a touring professional disc golf player who had to get a job because. Yeah the tour got shut down and he sells solar panels. Ah. And so last time I was at, you know, last week I, when I was playing disc golf, I, I mentioned to him, I was like, Hey man, let me get your card. My wife is interested in solar panels. I'm interested in them too. We'll see what the deal is. And, uh, and he came by this week and he gave us, you know, all the big spiel and all that kind of stuff. And we, uh, we might get solar panels on our house. Which I think the reason the hype's still out is like the the money part of it makes perfect sense. Like you don't have to pay anything up front. You save money immediately. You know what I mean? Yeah. You save money in the long run. <clears throat> but it's kind of like anything, any kind of like major, I don't know, I guess installation that's a part of like your day-to-day life and you don't know anything about it, yeah. then it represents some sort of unknown. Oh yeah, well, right. I, like oh, the, yeah. the whole time he was giving me the spiel, I was like, "This makes perfect sense." So when is the other shoe going to drop? You know, like what's the problem with solar panels? Well, I've heard conflicting things about it because I always thought it was just like, "Oh yeah, it's, it is like 
whatever like i mean it used to be you had to pay a lot of money up front for it but um and it took forever to like you know once it kicked in eventually at some x number of years you start offsetting you know blah blah blah. yeah but i've heard that there's some conflicting reports about it's actually more harmful for the environment because of the the way that they break down or something and the way that they like the, the longevity of them or something versus like i don't know i'm explaining it back well there, and there's I, like a negative I, side of that i've heard and i don't know if that's just people talking shit or propaganda or what but it is worth yeah and I, and i also wonder how old those arguments are because the right yeah the efficiency yeah. of the panels has improved greatly over the past decade right you know what i mean yeah um and these panels you know they're warranted for 20 years and the efficiency of them like we our house you know like consumes it i mean the the math on like how much coal we'd be not burning it's like 10,000 pounds of coal a year. Yeah. Of not, of just like not, okay, we've, we're out of that game. You know, I like, I really like being out of the coal game. Well, I'm going to double my coal consumption to offset your offsetting with panels. So. <laughs> I appreciate that. No, look, it means a lot. I've got an old time steam engine in the backyard that coal fired. <laughs> just going to, you're just going to go do loops in the backyard in the steam engine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just like, uh, well yeah that's the hype still out yeah what's your what's your third one well i want to hear this story that you texted me about the other day yesterday <laughs> yeah i told you the other night i said remind me to tell you about the time that i went to a magic the gathering tournament in a strip club so which it, it really sounds like those two things couldn't be further apart from each other yeah well they they're supposed to be and it's like it was an actual like the the events have to be sanctioned by Wizards of the Coast, the company that makes Magic the Gathering. The Magic the uh -huh. Gathering is obviously it's a card game that I play, I play competitively. Um, but back, you know, this was years ago when I was playing a tur tournament in person, and it was outside of our. It was like an hour outside of our town in this little kind of podunk town outside of where I live in North Carolina. So we go to this place, but we never heard of this place that it was at before, and. So we, we drive up and the place is in a little strip mall, right? And you're like, man, this is weird. It like doesn't have a sign on it, but all right, it's whatever. So we, we go in and there's like a foyer area, right? And it's me and my buddy and we're, we have to sign up for the tournament. And there's a little foyer area and there's an ATM there in the foyer, right? So yeah. I have to get money out of the ATM to pay for the, the event. So the first thing that indicated to me something was strange is... I got my my money, you know, got, got some 20s out of the ATM, and they were soaked in blood. What? Dried blood. They were soaked, like, s dried blood, right? Covered in blood. So I'm like, this is weird. Okay. So I take the money, and now I'm holding it. Very I, would, I would say that's an underreaction. Right. <laughs> this is weird. <laughs> I, you know, I grabbed the money kind of by the corner, and take it and just lightly drop it in front of the person taking the money, you know? And I'm like, I'd like to sign up. So they take my money. They didn't think it was weird that the, the, there was blood on the, on the money. So anyway, we go down this hallway and into this, this, it opens up into this huge room, right? And I'm like looking around, I'm like, man, this is weird. This doesn't look like a normal, like, usually they're in, they're in a game store or in a, like a banquet hall or something like that, you know, these events. Yeah. So we're in this, and I'm looking around, and I'm like, man, so what are these stages doing everywhere? 
That's weird. This must be like some kind of like performance venue or something. Wait, why are there mirrors all over the place? And and it hits me, and I'm like, I was like, look at, I was like, Cavi, I think I think we're in a strip club, man. Why why is there a breakfast buffet over there on yeah. the left? <laughs> I'm like, and it it's like the crappiest like rundown strip club you could ever imagine, right? Uh, most strip clubs are pretty rundown anyway, but it it so it's super rundown. And I'm like, we're in a strip club. And I like, I look and I see posters on the wall and it's for all male review. Okay. <laughs> That's what's happening at this and it's happening tonight, later on in the evening. <laughs> and I'm like, man, this is this is odd. So we sit down to play, you know, you sit across from your opponent and during round one of the tournament, <laughs> they realized that half of the opponents had mirrors behind them. Uh, oh my God. So you can imagine playing a card game. It would be just like if you were playing poker or whatever. Yeah. Being able to see the person's cards is not, uh, it's, you know, it's unfair advantage. We'll just say, and for not wanting to break the rules, it was like I was sitting across. It was very difficult to not look at the mirror because you're like trying to avoid. Because they're not trying to cheat, you know. But like, sure. it's awkward. So, but, but it's your it's your lizard brain. Yeah, they're like, oh, oh, don't look at that. Oh, I'm looking at it. Oh no. So the, everybody realizes this. Like we're like ten minutes in or whatever, and like someone tells the judge, and the judge is like, uh, yeah, we'll fix that after this round. So I would like to know what the win rate was of the people that were sitting across from the mirrors versus the people with the mirrors <laughs> to their pack for that first round. <laughs> the other thing was there were black lights on everywhere. Okay, and <laughs> the the cards are different colors, right? So there's blue, red, white, black, and green. And I was playing a deck with a lot of blue cards. Well, the black light made the blue cards all look the same. Like I couldn't tell what card was what. So it was like this awkward, like I had to like further complicating it, like hold it in the other light to see what I was playing. It was just super weird. And then we did the whole tournament all day and it takes forever to do these tournaments. And then at some point in time we had to leave because they had to start the strip club. And so <laughs> we went to this other rundown, like crappy comic book store or something to finish the event. It was, it was bizarre. So yeah, that was, that was my, that was my time going to a, to a magic tournament in a strip club. That's that. Uh, I mean, I, I, I got no words. I got, I, I wonder if there's, I, I don't even know where to begin. I don't even know where to begin. Like who? Okay. So to think about how that happened, the person that was running the magic tournament was friends with the person that owned the strip club or was just like calling around town. Like I need a room that can fit 30 some odd people. I assume it was some, I imagine that they, it was somebody they knew and they were renting the space out and they were like, well, we'll just do it. Here. Yeah. The thing is, is that wizards of the coast is very careful about their image, you know? So they would not approve of an event in a strip club, you know? So uh, <sighs> if they knew about it ahead of time, it would have been a big deal. And I, and it's one of those things. I gotta, that, I gotta host this tournament. Where is, you know what? Jason has that strip club. That strip club. I'm going to call Jason, see if we can use his strip club. Yeah. Luckily, my friend has a space we can use. So A space? What kind yeah. of space? I know a Just guy. Just don't worry about it. It'll be all right. It'll all work out. Yeah. You're okay. I mean, it was just, it was one of the most surreal experiences of my life. It's one of those things where my friends that went to that thing, I every so often are like, 
Remember when we went to that strip that tournament at the strip club? Did that happen? Yes, it happened. Yeah. Oh man, that's so weird. I was hallucinating. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, magic. I I like the unintended negative consequences of being in the strip club of like the the black light and the mirror. Like these are the things that we don't have to think about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, know, you would not expect that. You wouldn't have expected that to be a problem. <laughs> also, not nothing against magic players, but that was priced a lot of people's first time in a strip club, you know? <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean, this is a game yeah. that, that most of the players are like in their late 20s and, and into their 30s, but there are children that play this game, like 13, 14 years old. <laughs> they were likely some of them there. And it's just like, how do you explain that? Also, like, it's wildly it, it made the, the, the bloody money all the more like perplexing and and horrific i guess because like what what how did this money get you know because like because like when a place owns their atm they fill the atm up you know i didn't realize yeah i knew somebody who had the atm i thought that like the bank came and filled the atm up or whatever no you fill it up yourself (laughs) so this this money was used in a crime and they were just like i just put it in atm hey spins well spins fine it's it's fine (laughs) so did you have any hype so out yeah, uh, so <laughs> I posted a meme about how <laughs> everybody that has an air fryer feels compelled to tell you that they have an air fryer. Um, you're familiar with an air fryer, right? Do you have one? I, I don't have one, but I'm familiar. Um, well, it's something that I have been coveting for months now, and it's just a little bit like I... There's I, I, really a timeout. This explains... This is you in a capsule. What? You, you, you covet a thing... And so what you do is you make fun of everyone with the thing. Right. Because I'm I'm pissed that I don't have the thing, you know? So I try to act like it's not a big deal when it's just tearing me up inside. We're getting to the, the core of my <laughs> psyche here. I've been <laughs> wanting this, but and it's not like a million. It's like they're like 150 bucks or something, right? And, uh-huh. Or the ones I've seen. And, but it's just a little outside of that range of like, well, we don't really need this right now. I need to be conserving money. You know, but yeah, it is when when you want something like that, you're just like everywhere you go is like billboards for air fryers and people out, you know, walking outside with their air fryers down the street. And, you know, everybody just tells you about how great their air. My friends send pictures of the wings they cook in their air fryers. So my hype still out is that like, I think we've found one that's a little cheaper and it's supposed to be pretty good. So I think we're going to get one um, here soon. And uh, if I'm not, you know, it's hype still out is like, is it going to change my life? Like these people are saying or not, you know, I guarantee it won't, but I bet it'll be real fun for about six weeks. Yeah. And then it'll go in the, in the garage on the, the kitchen appliance shelf. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I'll get real I, making custom craft wings. And then one day I will never think of it again. I, I kind of have that same, I mean, it's not the exact same experience, but a similar experience with a rice cooker. See, we have a rice cooker that we use frequently. So I use it every single day for like three months, and then I don't use it for four months. Yeah. And I go back and forth with it. The problem is I love rice. Yeah. And rice. so I'll make, I'll just make, you know, four cups of it but I'll eat it all that day. Yeah. And I'll be like, this is a lot of rice to be eating every day. (laughs) 
our, our rice cooker, something's wrong with it. Said so like, it's like a 50, 50 shot as to whether it's going to cook it or not. So it's kind of a fun game. <laughs> like, are we having rice with this meal or not? Rice roulette. Yeah. <laughs> it's dangerous. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that was my hype still out. Um, what have you been consuming? Well, I okay. So I've been on this little kick. I've been like getting back. Okay, so the weather this week, the weather kind of turned up here. Yeah, it's not over. Yeah. Summer's not over up yeah. here. Like today, it's going to be eighty-five. But this week, every morning when I woke up, it was like maybe seventy degrees, but probably sixty-five degrees. Yep. And on Monday, it didn't get over 75 degrees all day. And so when you're tired of summer and the very first like hints of cooler weather start, that's when I think the same is for you. But that's when my sonic landscape kind of changes. You know, I start listening to other albums that I don't listen to during the summer. And there's two musicians that came up for me this week. And I never really thought about them as contemporaries. But the more I think about them, the more similar they are through a different lens. Mm-hmm. And I, um, so the first one is Justin Vernon, who is behind, you know, Bonnie Vare, Big Red Machine, yep. uh, Volcano Choir, and he also has the shouting matches, right? He's got these four different projects or bands that he's a part of. And then he gets, he's, you know, relatively like collaborative with a lot of different hip hop artists, notably Kanye, right? He was on my beautiful dark twisted fantasy and then again on Yeezus and he's, you know, he's been around. Yeah. And I think that he's like, as far as he's concerned, like he's really grown up. Like he's really expanded from that very first Bonnie Vare album, which was just like so specific and so niche Mm -hmm. to now being this kind of like, musical journeyman you know that he is where he's he he he's i I mean the most recent thing that he did he was on taylor swift's most recent album right they had a duet yeah it was the good song on that album shots fired um but, but yesterday i started listening to james blake again too who is just like dead of winter you know like that's really like to me like james blake is like when everything is gray and all the life is gone from this earth that's when you listen to james blake and but the funny thing is he too like especially with his most recent album or in the time frame of his most recent album he had travis scott and metro boomin on his album but he's been on their stuff yeah for a long long time and he was on like he was in the room when Frank Ocean was producing Blonde, like he had some producer credits on Blonde, which is, so to me, like Blonde is as perfect an album as it gets. And it's my number two album of that decade. Yeah. And the only album that I put above it is My Beautiful Dark Choice of Fantasy. Mm-hmm. So like the more I started thinking about it, because I never really listened to Justin Vernon and James Blake kind of in the same breath. But the more that I was listening to them back and forth, the more I was like, wait a second, these are, these guys are a lot more similar than I ever thought. You right. know, they're, they're both started out really small and they've yeah. gotten and small, I mean, in sound, right. And as they've developed their careers, their sound has become more and more expansive. I think that James Blake's sound is a little bit more specific than Justin Vernon's, but he's maybe a little bit more sharp 
with his sound than Vernon is, you know, like I think maybe his aesthetic is a little bit more clearly defined, which is neither better nor worse. It's just different. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But they both, you know, they're both in other quote unquote worlds or other genres where you wouldn't necessarily expect to see them, you know, notably in, in like hip hop and stuff like that. But I think a lot of the, it's, it's funny to me that like the hip hop and R and B guys that have tapped them to use them are the ones that I really engage with on a musical side, you know, yeah, like there's a connection. where I will listen yeah. to what's that. There's like a shared connection with all this. Like there's a, exactly like a type of exactly and i think it's like i think it's i think it ultimately most of the rappers that are using them are the ones who have a heavy hand in their own production yeah and care about their they care about the whole product Mm -hmm. as being an extension of themselves rather than somebody that you know, that is a, a professional rapper, just like shopping beats from various producers yeah. and like, Oh, I like that one. Sure. Let's do a song with that, with that beat. Right. Like Travis Scott started out as a producer mm-hmm. and so did Kanye. Like they're much more tied into the sound and the, and the vision of, of what they want their, their sound to be. And so these two, you know, these two guys are getting tapped for that. And I think it's because they're, you know, they're like that too. You know, they, they have a lot more, invested in their sound um and so i i kind of like i was kind of yesterday i was asking myself if i had to pick one who would i pick and i really don't want to pick one or the other and i put it on like my instagram story as a poll pick pick one of these yeah and it is it's almost expired like i think as you know it's like 20 hours have gone by and it's still basically 50 50 oh it makes sense well, yeah, I mean it does, but it kind of I just assumed it would be lopsided one way or another. But because usually polls like that go that way, you know? Yeah, yeah. There's a clear winner, but there's not a clear winner in this that's poll. Good. Anyway, that's what I, I've been listening to. Well, D- James Blake, whenever someone brings up James Blake and it it just automatically puts in my head that song you're beautiful. You're beautiful. But not that's the same person. I know. I know it's not. My brain, <laughs> but my brain has connected that because the first time I ever heard that guy's name, I was like, oh, that's the beautiful guy. Oh, that song's terrible. And so it's all, it's because James Blunt, right? Is the guy that did that. Yeah. Yeah. Notable, James notable, Blunt. Yeah. Glenn In Glenn fact, a huge, that's right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That was my interaction with Mikey. Mikey tried trolling me yesterday when he saw that poll. He said, "Oh, James Blunt." <laughs> See, it's I'm not the only one. You're beautiful. You know, James Blunt has come out and said he's sorry that he made that song and he apologizes to everybody for it. Oh, he shouldn't have to. Our friend Delaney, he tried to ride hard for him after that song. He's like, "Oh, it's, all his stuff's not like that. It's, it's really good." No, James. No, that was me. That was you? Delaney Delaney was the one that called him James <laughs> something else that rhymes with blood. <laughs> I thought that it was him. It was you that wrote hard for James Blood. Uh, I was the I one. You got so quiet when I brought it up. And you're like, this is just James Blunt. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love all the Jameses. Oh, my God. Uh, I mean, look, I was young. I was impressionable. You know, I've... Nice. I just had my heart broken and I was playing a sample of You're Beautiful on iTunes. You needed to feel beautiful. and Yeah. 
I've been uh, it's talking about going re- revisiting things a certain time of year. For some reason, I listen to Smashing Pumpkins a lot more in the fall, and so I've been listening to them this week. And damn, it's, it's their, their old shit holds up. I don't listen to any of their new stuff. Hey, did, did you go listen to that single from the Fruit Bats? I did. Yeah, I liked it. It was good. The cover. You uh, liked it? Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm ready for the rest of it to come out because it was not what I thought it was going to be. You know, I don't know why I expected it to sound just like the Smashing Pumpkins. Well, I don't I don't like it when people like my girlfriend loves the Weezer cover album and it's pretty good. But like it's so on the nose on most of the songs, Um, meaning it's Weezer covering songs. Um, Right. But I I always like when people reinvent it, you know. Yeah, it it was good. It it reminded me of the. Who's that guy? Uh, Sun Kill Moon a little bit, you know, his like, yeah. interpretations of stuff. But yeah, it's that. And the other thing I've been consuming is I've been watching uh, Oliver Stone's Untold History of the United States on Netflix, which is okay. a, a history show from, I guess it was 2013. It was on AMC or something, I think, or A&E. But it's like Oliver Stone, you know, Oliver Stone's big into conspiracy theories and blah, blah, blah. It's Oliver Stone telling he narrates it and it's him like kind of exposing things you didn't hear about, about history, American history in school, you know? And a lot of it would be more of the, some of it's sinister, you know, like more like the dark side of, of American history that, that people don't like to talk about, but it's pretty interesting so far. I've watched two episodes. He's doing a lot. I don't know if the whole thing is about world war two, but a lot of it is about world war two and, and post world war two, you know? But it's, it's pretty interesting so far. I, it made me remember, did we, didn't we go see, Oliver Stone's film W together. Well, I saw that in Knoxville. Yeah, and I was in Knoxville with you. Okay, then yeah, definitely. We I, went to that uh, that newish theater downtown, yeah. right on Gay Street. We did, and then we went. I think we went uh, skating in a, in a parking deck afterwards. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that was the move back it's then. It's a good time. Yeah, it made me think of that. So yeah, that's what I've been consuming. Um, uh, no, no, I'm excited. I'm ready. I I'm ready. Okay. So we're now's the point in time where we go to everybody's favorite part of the show. where We talk about our rewatching of season one of the OC, um, which is on HBO max. And we are into episode five. Now this is called the outsider. If you don't watch the OC, then get the fuck out. The fu- they, they stopped listening as soon as I said the OC, so they didn't hear that part. Look, I got a text this week from, we're going to call him Shoulder Surgery Dan. Yeah. And he is he was so frustrated that he couldn't finish the podcast that he started watching the OC. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. So he's, he's now keeping up okay. with the OC, and he said, don't disappoint me. He hadn't watched it before. Oh, okay, yeah. You will not be disappointed. Well, you, I mean, I don't know what his tastes are, but write in and tell us your opinion on it. Let us know what you, how you're feeling. Um, yeah, so this episode, The Outsider, this is like our first foray into Ryan is home at with the Coens, and it's uh, we're out of the setup of the show, you know? The first four episodes were really setting up him getting here and, and us not knowing whether he was going to have to leave or whatever. Now he's here. And, uh, I'd say it's not as good as the past couple episodes were. Um, it's a little fillery, I guess, but some things happen in it, you know? Uh, well, 
<laughs> I, I love that you said, it's funny that you said it's not as good as the other episodes because this for the first time ever, like I watched this episode with breakfast this morning mm-hmm. and I started okay. giggling. <laughs> I started giggling and I was like, wait a second. I'm about to record this podcast. Like, yeah, I got, I got a notepad and a piece of paper and I wrote down a few things and they're all minor. They're all just little moments of the show, which I think supports like why we enjoy the show so much is that even when the episode's not that good, there's just these little nuggets that I still like, they just make me chuckle. Yeah. It's it's watchable. I'm not, and I'm not saying this episode was shitty. I would say the worst episode so far has been episode two, I think. Um, the the one where they burn the house down, but this one's just not quite as. There's not as much dramatic shit. Ha- well, there's some dramatic stuff happening, but not not game changing like in the other episodes. You know, as far as like the, the sure. direction of the show. Um, yeah. So so I guess the conceit of this episode is that Ryan decides to get a job because he wants to make his own money to try to take marissa on a date i guess yep they go for some reason they go and eat him and seth go and eat lobster (laughs) and whether at the lobster restaurant somebody quits you know i'm i quit this job and then (laughs) ryan's like oh i think i found a job you know and it it immediately launches into uh seth being needy as he is throughout the series where he, uh, you know, he's like, well, I guess I can just hang out by myself now and you won't be around as much. Um, so, yeah, so Ryan starts working at this restaurant and then he meets this other guy. And the, uh, what was the, the guy's name? Do you know? Do you remember? Donnie. 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 Is Donnie supposed to be a high school student? No, I think Donnie's out of high school and he's just working and surfing, bro. Chasing well, honey. That makes it a little awkward that he's going to these high school parties um, to try to try to meet. With well, him. he only goes to one high school party. Well, yeah, but still, <laughs> that's one high school party. Sure, he's absolutely. Like out the chicks, absolutely. You know, I, these are high school I, students. I, yeah, it's a little little creepy, right? No. It, yeah, I mean it's 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 creepy for sure. I mean it's creepy, but I guess if you're like nineteen. And you're not that far removed from graduating and you're working with somebody who is, you know, on the surface, just like you from the neighborhood next door and you're both fish out of water and your coworkers, you know, then you're going to invite him along. So he invites Ryan to a house party, which was, I think, I think we could assume is not a high school party. Right. That, that, was, that he, was skewed a little older. And yeah, then, and and then Donnie doesn't really have anything to do when Seth and mentions the Newport party, and so I think he's probably just looking for something to do. So I th- I think I can okay. It's I, guess I think it's I can as, talk you out of yeah. the entirely creep angle of that. Yeah, although I won't discount that it's definitely loser. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I would say that just Donnie character is presented as like the bizarro Ryan, right? Yeah, he comes from he's, the same. He's, he's the Wario. Yeah, his, his, he's yeah, he's the Wario version of of Ryan's Mario. Um, he, he's he's the fish out of water, but he comes from the bad neighborhood. But he's actually pretty bad. <laughs> Instead of Ryan, who's like tries to do the right thing, you know. Um, yeah, and so it, they eventually go. I one thing I wanted to bring up is that 
I noticed more this time watching the show that there are these tropes that they recycle and uh, the, you know, things. One of the tropes is the house party at what's that girl's name? Summers, not summers. Uh, Holly's Holly's. Holly's. So every episode, I think, except for the, the house burning down has had a house party at Holly's beach house. Yeah. So this is a thing that we re- we return to, you know, um, the other thing, and this is kind of a spoiler for the end of the episode, when they go to this 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 high school party, or, or they go to the party at Holly at Holly's house, and it it introduces another trope, which is stranger being uh, irresponsible with a gun, and that that comes up in the show in the other episodes, you know. Yeah. They they introduce a gun into situations where you're like, well, I didn't think there'd be a gun here, but all right. So Donnie has a gun at this party, and at some point in time, Luke pisses him off. He calls he calls Luke Abercrombie and Fitch, which is a little dig at the actual actor of Luke, because that was his first job was as an Abercrombie and Fitch model. I looked up the trivia on this. <laughs> so eventually, he pulls out a gun, and of course, like you know, Ryan saves the day, and 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 uh, but but Luke gets hit in the arm when the gun goes off. Ryan's like, which it seems kind of irresponsible that Ryan jumped. I feel like Ryan caused could could have caused more damage than good there, but you know Ryan being the hero he is, knocks the gun out of the guy's hand, but it goes off, and uh, Luke gets hit. Um, and everybody seems really not as upset as they should be about Luke getting shot. <laughs> <laughs> did did that seem like that? Didn't it seem like. I mean, this is Ryan's friend that caused this problem. Don't you think this would be one of those things where they're like, look at him, he's doing it again. He's bringing bad people here. It, that never comes yeah. up, really. I feel like that should well, be a I mean, deal. But. I guess my issue is that I've it's, I, I've not ever had to react to someone being shot. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm having a hard time putting myself in their position and knowing how I would act. Yeah. I think I would probably still be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like i just came here for some margaritas and some black eyed peas like what do we yeah (laughs) let's get it started in here no (laughs) well yeah but (laughs) can we talk about the fact that 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 song is probably i mean the song is let's get retarded it has to be one of the most poorly aged songs ever that is like yeah it is it is problematic as fuck you know yeah, they the and they. Peace, like I mean, of course, the they're not gonna, yeah, they can't remove the song no. from the show, you know. Yeah, but when that song kicked off, I was like, "Good God!" Yeah, it's like, like we thought this was okay. Yeah, people danced yeah. to this song. It showed showed what how it's yeah, yeah. The Black Eyed Peas would have you think that that it was actually the the edit version was the real version and it is not. Um, the. Uh, I, you know, I think on the on the meta sense, what I did appreciate about the show because it had to happen. Okay, this show has to have this moment where, okay, Ryan is safe. You know, Seth and Sandy, uh, or Sandy and and Kirsten are the guardians, right? Seth is, you know, ostensibly the de facto brother, mm-hmm. but at the same time, Ryan does have. He's only a couple weeks in. And he is still going to be naturally looking for community. Yeah. Right. He's going to look for people that he can relate to and he knows. And so meeting this guy, Donnie at the restaurant, you can see 
how and and a lot of this and it happens with marissa too a lot of the stuff that goes wrong has this like plausible kind of thrust behind it where yeah i my heart goes out to to seth who keeps coming back to the crab shack and and wants to hang out with ryan at night but ryan is kind of he's trying to make his own way and he's trying to make friends with this guy donnie because donnie's nice to him he's welcoming to him and they're from the same part of town yeah so of course he's gonna you know and then it's like well yeah, he's got to find his own way. But then Seth kind of like just assumes that, oh, now he's got, not only does he have this like, you know, kind of brother, but he's it, it's somebody he wants to spend time with too. He's got a friend, you know, this is his first real friend. It's like, got his back. Yeah. And, and, and so nobody's wrong. No, no, it just doesn't but, work out. It's unfortunate. Yeah. Donnie turns out to be a, Which, a bad person. Yeah. Yeah. Donnie, I wrote down Donnie's a bad influence. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, but I'm not, you know, like I, it is kind of like, oh, here we go. Like we can see this whole show, this whole episode playing out just from the very beginning. Yeah. Right. Yeah, we know, what's we know that Donnie's not going to work out that Donnie's going to be, you know, he, the, the, Ryan needs to let go of the idea of having to find people from his part of town because in the construct of this show, it's never going to go well. And, and, and this is a, this trope of like outsider comes in for one episode, seems cool, turns out to be not cool is, is a soap opera trope, you know, it's something that right. we've seen in other, and I thought about this, I was like, man, this show is kind of ahead of its time because it's very meta about some of that stuff. Like it doesn't take itself seriously sometimes. Like a lot of times it kind of like winks at, at you as like breaks the fourth wall of like, Oh, we're in a soap opera and this is the thing that soap opera thing do, people do, you know, like it's not yeah. over the top where it's like straight up, but like, especially with the character of Seth, like he'll make comments about things. that's like, oh, okay. You're kind of like, of course we have this in here. Of course this is like this cliched thing, but I thought it was like kind of ahead of its time because that's more of a thing with shows now, very like postmodern and shows at that time were not really leaning into that sort of thing, you know? Um, yeah. Whereas other shows, which I haven't seen like um, one tree Hill and things like that, but it seems like those other shows are take themselves a little more seriously. Right. Yeah, totally. They wouldn't have, I mean, that's the benefit of having Seth around it and, and Sandy, to be honest too, is they're like yeah. the, you know, they're the critique of the show itself sometimes. Yeah, they they, they, they comment on the situation in a way. And I was glad that they, they let, like, Seth's personality is coming out more and more. Like, he's he made some really funny little quips in this episode. And, like I said, it's becoming more like the show about them two instead of just Ryan. Um, also, like, uh, Marissa's character was much more likable in this episode than I think she's been in the show so far. Uh, particularly yeah. the scene with her and Ryan around the pool is was you know heartwarming I guess yeah it was cute and it was also like I mean it was a little bit like too comfortable um but it was also as close I feel like as the show's gotten to more organic high school you know kind of like flirting yeah it's like I, I, I think that they were a little bit more comfortable with themselves than most high schoolers are, but it was still the most kind of like just small, quiet moment. Mm -hmm. You can see why than, they like each other. You know, you can see, which I sure. can see why Marissa liked Ryan, 
but I, I didn't see the why Ryan would like Marissa until now, you know? Like, he's just kind of like, he, he just kind of likes her. For There's not much to that. And now they're starting to develop the relationship between them, you know? Well, I think hype's still out on that. Uh, but that's just me yeah. saying, how could anybody like Marissa? <laughs> yeah, it's hard to... It's yeah. cardboard. Her character. She, I thought she was much better in this episode, though, as far as it, the acting. I, I agree with you. You know, like she was... I like agree was, with you, yeah. She's been, like, nervous in the other episodes or something, you know? And it's, like, a little more being, I don't know, calm down or whatever. Um yeah. We have this other side thing with the the noopsies that's kind of like whatever. Um, you know, they're just kind of like doing some maintenance on the the Jimmy um Jimmy Cooper storyline, I guess, you know. Well, I have a few things to say. Sure. About well, about that, but then also like I've I've got some of these minor moments that we'll come back to yeah, you yeah, when we're done talking up. about the episode as a whole, but yeah, you know, the adult storyline is that on the one hand, Kirsten is away at a spa weekend with Julie, who resents Kirsten, right? And mm-hmm. resents the relationship that Kirsten once had and continues to have with uh, her husband, Jimmy. But we've been set up this whole time to recognize that there's not animosity between Sandy and Jimmy, but Sandy doesn't really want anything to do with Jimmy because he sees Jimmy as like, not worthy right like not in a super judgmental way but like he he he, he, what is jimmy bringing to the table i mean the only thing that we know that sandy knows of jimmy is that now he's a fraud and a thief he just doesn't get the appeal of jimmy he's like and i could see frustrating as if you were married to somebody who had a relationship with this person and you're like i don't see why she likes this person yeah i could see that being frustrating you know yeah, and he's not he's not mean about it, he's yeah. not mad about it, he's just, you know, it's he's just not like, well, overly jealous. On? It's a little bit of jealousy cuz that would be normal to have some jealousy there, you know. Um, but it's it is more like I can't believe she I don't see what she sees in this guy kind of thing, you know. Um, so so the thing that I know I hate myself for is how much I get invested in the burgeoning friendship between Jimmy and Sandy. <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't want to like Jimmy because he's a bad man. But I I'm, that smile, man. I'm less harsh on Jimmy. I like Jimmy more than I think you do. But I'm a big Sure, I mean fan, so. if you like him at all. But like but but I want to be friends with Sandy. Right. So I get yeah. excited when I watch like Sandy, Sandy gives Jimmy a chance, right? Like that's all he's, he's trying to keep Jimmy out of jail. He's telling him, this is what you got to do to stay out of jail. Yeah. You know? And, and he's like, and, and he can't help himself. Sandy can't help himself. He takes a liking to anybody. Yeah. And so the, so this episode, as we're hearing Julie get counseled to divorce Jimmy yeah. and Kirsten is just aghast. And, and that line at the end of the episode when they're in the limo together and, you know, they're talking about the fact that like Jimmy did the right thing, the honorable thing. Once he got Julie pregnant, he got her married or he married her. And then Kirsten looks at, at Julie and says, now it's your turn, yeah. right? It's your turn to stay by him. Um, which of course we know that like, as soon as this divorce plot line gets introduced, we know something's going to be happening, right? Yeah, there's going right, to be, right, right. there's going to be a problem in the future. Um, but the but at the same time we've got we've got Julie or we've got no, Jimmy and Jimmy and Sandy cooking steaks and drinking beers. Yeah, 
How how about how about the moment where uh, where I think they're like, "What's the best year of your life?" And they both said the year that they, that they met Kirsten. Oh man, it's so good. Yeah, it's like uh, I, I I butchered it. The, the the lines, the reading was good, but uh, yeah, it was. Why was twenty two your favorite year? Oh, this year I met met Kirsten. Why sixteen? And he he hesitates. Jimmy hesitates. Then he realizes. No, that's when I met Kirsten. Yeah, classic. Yeah, that's good. Good writing. Um, uh, I wanted to, before I forget about it. How about the the best line? This might be the second best line of the show so far, next to uh, "Welcome to the OC, bitch." These guys. I guarantee are you have it me. written down. These guys are mad dogging me. <laughs> Do you remember that? <laughs> I- I did not write that one down. Donnie, Donnie's at the party, and these guys are like not even hard, but really not looking at him much. It doesn't look like, and he goes, "These guys are mad dogging me." When has "mad dogging" ever been a, a phrase? Like, has is that a, I'm I'm unfamiliar with that slang. It must be it must be specific to uh, you know uh, Southern California it's Chino slang. Yes, Chino slang. And he's so like, and this guy, the guy that plays him is apparently on the Vampire Diaries as a major role. That's what Jackie said. But he looked familiar. Cool. He looks familiar. He looks like a guy that looks like a famous actor. And I can't remember, I he can't look, figure out what actor that is, but. He, he looks like a guy that I'd mad dog at a party if I saw him. These guys are mad dogging me. <laughs> what? I have a couple, I have a couple lines. Yeah, sure, go for it. When Luke gets, uh, when Summer hoodwinks Marissa to go to the restaurant and yeah. Luke shows up. Yeah. That moment where Luke kind of loses it and says, like, well, your dad stole all that <laughs> money. <Yeah. laughs> so I was watching it, like, down at the kitchen table, and Mackenzie was watching TV in the background, and I had my headphones on, and I just go, ooh. She looked over at me and was like, what is going on? I said, Luke stepped in it. Yeah, we, Jackie and I had that same reaction. We were like, ugh, bad, bad call, Luke, bad call. <laughs> Not good, Luke. Not a good Not look a for good Luke. Luke. Um, I really appreciated seeing Seth's Generation 1 iPod. <laughs> yeah. He was, he was playing with that before he went down. Um, the next morning after Ryan went out to the party and, and, and Seth didn't have anything to do that night, the next morning, right, he's reading comic books with breakfast and, and, and Ryan comes in a little bit hungover and Seth's being a little bit passive aggressive. Ryan asked him what he's reading. He said, the new Legion just came out. It's uh, issue two of five. And he slides it over to him. That's a TV show now. Yeah, Legion. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought it was it was neat how like that comic book was in its initial run yeah. when they were filming the and, and now it's a TV show. I think it, and, and it's very like, it shows that somebody on the show actually knows about this pop culture stuff because that's from what I know of that comic book. I've never read it. It's a very Seth Cohen type of book, comic book, you know, like he, yeah. he would be in mm-hmm. that. It was like a very um, different take on, on the X-Men t- story, you know? So I was really digging AKA not at all digging Kirsten's sunglasses choice at the spa. I don't know if they stood out to you, but they look like a poor man's versions of Trinity's in, in the matrix. Yeah. Yeah. They were, they were yeah. busted. Yeah. They were. In fact, all four of those ladies at the spa were wearing very distinctive sunglasses. <laughs> um, 
Also, Julie has just and worn then, the same velour jump like uh, jogging suit in every episode, right? So, well, the the one the yellow one that she was wearing when she caught Kirsten on the phone with Jimmy, which was an accident, it wasn't Kirsten's fault. No, it looked like one of those jumpsuits you're trying to get me to buy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a one piece. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Um, the final thing that I wrote down was um with, when Donnie has the gun pulled on Luke. And he's like telling Ryan, like, don't you hate the way this guy talks to you? He thinks he's better than you and everything. And he looks over at Seth. He goes, don't you hate the way he, you know, bullies you? And Seth goes, I, I mean, yeah, he's a little bit flawed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's one of those moments that's where he's like winking at the camera. You know, it's like the character of Luke is flawed. We've written him. As it probably says, Luke is a flawed kid, blah, 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 in the the show notes for it. And yeah, he, he makes right. that reference. It's great. The little Seth, yeah. little Seth moments. Yeah, he's definitely flawed. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, that's all I got. I thought it was a fun episode. Yeah, it, it was good. It was solid. Um, how about <laughs> also like Kirsten's like, you bought beer. I miss beer. <laughs> Like, what? How do? Why do you miss? Like, what? What has caused these people to not have? Is beer like not avail? Not sold in the OC? You gotta go. Like, you gotta. You gotta drive to Chino to get the beer. It's it's a dry county. OC is a dry county. Yeah, <laughs> they sell Chardonnay and Merlot, but yeah, they don't sell they don't beer. They don't serve any beer. Commoners drink beer, so they they don't have any of that there. I miss beer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> well c- cool yeah yeah and <laughs> i don't know it was a good episode i i did like the you know the dramatic guy pulls a gun out and someone gets shot is like a great thing you know like yeah just a great you know let me let me ask you this thing. do you remember who you went to prom with who 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 went to prom with who you went to prom with. Oh, I didn't go to prom. You didn't go to prom. Well, let's say you went to prom. Yep. With your high school sweetheart that you were going to get married to. No, I didn't. Would Jackie be okay with you hanging up a picture of those two, the, uh, the two of you at prom still at your house? Uh, I will probably not. <laughs> I think she would think that was weird anyway. But I mean, okay, so here's the thing. It would be weird if you were hanging it up and you didn't because if you didn't have still have a friendship with that person, you hung that picture. I'd be weird. Cause it's like, well, you don't talk to this person anymore. If you do, I feel like it's, even, it'd be weird. It's weirder. If like, yeah, that girl in the picture is my next door neighbor. Well, it's weird for different reasons, I guess. One is like, why are yeah. you holding on to this old thing? And then the other one is like, well, this is a person that like lives next to us and it makes me uncomfortable. So yeah. I mean, I'd love to hang up my prom picture cause I look good. Well, you just cut, just cut, crop it, man. Crop it out. Crop. <laughs> yeah, just get that one picture of me. You know I had puka shells. Oh, I'm sure you did. You know who Alpha else has Crombie. puka shells is uh, Luke. Luke rocking the puka shells. Can we talk just real quick about that shirt he was wearing at the party? Because it was one shirt that was slit down the middle to about a sternum, but there were no buttons on it. So it was intentionally meant to be like a open shirt at the top. I've never seen anybody wear a shirt like that before. 
Uh, I need to go back and look at that because I did that did not stand out to me, but I was just really dialed mm-hmm. into this episode, man. I, I think I might start. Well, you- I don't want to t- take away from like the imp- impromptu nature of watching it and just like really enjoying it. But just having that little notepad there to write down these little moments, I was like, I was really watching it in a different way. Yeah, I probably should should have my notepad out. I usually write stuff down after I've watched it, but I should have it write it down or anything. We usually watch it the night before we record this, so it's pretty right. fresh for me. But you're like as fresh as it could get. You just finished it right right before we started. So. Exactly, I finished it and I fucking walked upstairs and called you. Yep, yep, that's good. There's a lot of little details that I forget about things like that. If I, if there any, any time at all has passed. So yeah. Um, yeah, it was a good episode. We didn't have much summer. Didn't have much to do, which I was a little bummed about, was, you know, of course, favorite character, but it's fine. She'll get there. Yeah. She's, she's got her. Time. Those lobsters look delicious though. Oof. Didn't it not that didn't make you want lobster? No. No, I'm not on lobster. You're not, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. lobster, soggy ass lobster roll a couple weeks ago. So I figured. I don't know. Um. Yeah, so I guess we'll wrap it up. So you can go to your murder vacation. Yeah, my murder cabin. <laughs> yeah, your murder cabin. <laughs> cabin in the woods. Yeah, it's like the Evil Dead. Oh man, your car's not gonna start. Yeah, look for the signs. Um, well, that was episode one forty one of Island Like Their Old Stuff. Thanks for tuning in. You can check out our shitty website at iol2us dot com. <laughs> Apparently, we are not on Apple, and I'm trying to fix that, but uh, I don't know. But we're on Spotify, so just listen to us there. All right, we out. See you next time. Have a good night.